And so we're not called to do life alone, and we have to do so with the right perspective. In Acts chapter 2, what book did I say? Acts chapter 2. Y'all still with me? Acts chapter 2, we're just setting some foundation. Verses 42 and onward, the Bible says this is the early church's pattern. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Notice all of these things. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, only on Sundays, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread just in the temple. In their homes. Come on, life group, shameless plug. Sign up, sign up for a life group, servecity.ca forward slash life groups. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And consequently, look, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Notice in verse 42, they, de they devoted themselves not just to teaching but to fellowship. This is why Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day of the Lord approaching with all the craziness that's going on, we have to be intentional. Somebody say intentional. Somebody in the chat put intentional. We've got to be intentional about connecting and not doing life alone. And not only this, it's not just on Sunday. Uh, somebody say Sunday is not church. We are the church and they were committed to doing fellowship with one another. What I love about Patricia Shirley is that you don't just see her up here singing on Sunday and jumping around and, and leading us in worship. But what I love is on any given day, you will go to her Insta stories and you will see her connecting on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Friday, whatever, with all sorts of people from this church that are hanging out. They're hanging out, whether they're going for a walk, whether they're getting a smoothie, whatever it is that they are doing fight. she finds a way to connect with people and to be intentional about fellowship and i'm believing notice the bottom line was that god continued watch this in verse uh in in, in verse 48 the no no in verse 47 the bible says and the lord added to their number day by day i'm telling you when the church gets out of this church is just on sunday mentality and we actually start doing life together and we actually start getting up in one another's space even if we have to be six feet apart or even if we have to do it online how many of you know that kingdom growth and advancement will take place like never before and so this is powerful because we're talking about this not only this i'm giving you some scripture today because i want you to understand there is scriptural premise for us to be to the place where we are seeking god together and we're building our lives together there's a reason why first corinthians 10 13 first corinthians 10 13 write this down uh, the bible says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation will make a way of escape for you to be able to bear it. The powerful thing is we usually skip to the end, but we don't realize that beginning part. There's no temptation that has taken you that is not common to man. 
Oh, in fact, the matter is, remember, as I told you, one of the, God's desire is not for us to be isolated. His desire is not for us to be alone. And one of the biggest attacks of the enemy is isolation. And he wants you to feel, can I talk to somebody? He wants you to feel like you are the only person going through what you're going through. And he realizes that if you, if he, if he stops you from talking to the person next to you, you don't realize that the reason that God put him right next to you is because oftentimes the same thing that you're dealing with, God might have just brought them out of that. Come on, somebody. And the testimony that they have may be the key to your deliverance. Come on. And that's oftentimes why the enemy wants to keep you you isolated but there's nothing somebody shout nothing that wasn't a shout somebody put some caffeine in that voice and shout nothing. nothing there's nothing that you are going through that is not common to man the reason why you need to come to church is not just because of what you can get, but sometimes through your mask, because your mask is not a muzzle, sometimes uh, in that life group that you're getting ready to sign up for at servecity.ca forward slash life groups, sometimes the de there's deliverance for somebody else. Oh, who am I talking to? Uh, you thought that that testimony that you got was just for yourself. Come on. You thought that when God healed you from cancer online, that it was just for you. Come on. But I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that God doesn't just bring breakthrough to your life for yourself, but God gives you keys with your deliverance. And those keys aren't, to, they're, they're to the place where they're not just for you, but those keys are for you to take those keys and be able to unlock somebody else who might be bound when God brought you out of that financial bondage and difficulty it was not just for you to be to the place where you knew that he was able to do it but it's so that you could testify to somebody else and through your deliverance God makes a way to let them know that it's possible for their deliverance as well who's with me in here today there's nothing now you thought I was just so, so look so all that was in my introduction these last few things are the message So look, 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 I want you to understand this because you got to realize and you got to consider who you are building with. If you are the smartest person at everything in your circle, that's a problem. Frick it, frick it. Let me say that again. Come again, Selector. If you are the smartest person at everything in your circle, that's a problem. Because you're saying, okay, who am I supposed to build with? Well, let me tell you who you're supposed to build with. You should not be the smart. I'm telling you, the re if you want to succeed in life, if you want to build a life that is powerful, that is potent, and that accomplishes everything that God has called you to, that has structural integrity, you are going to have to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you at the things that you are not the strongest at. How many of you know that God has not called you to be strong at everything? I'm telling you, the reason why we are we succeed as a ministry and what is happening here is not because I'm such a smart person. At the end of the day, the fact of the matter is that we are surrounded and God continues to send people who are more knowledgeable in certain areas and we submit to their leadership in certain areas that they are able to help us and counsel us in. And if you are unwilling or if you are in the place where you are not surrounded by people who can help you go further you are going to continuously hit a lid can i just keep it real on this morning not only this so the question who are you building with because look you're not called to be alone but watch this you're not called to build with everyone well i felt that 
You're not called to build alone, but you're definitely not called to build with everyone. Can I give you point number one today? Here it is, point number one, point number one for you. Here it is. Uh, when identifying co-laborers, focus on quality, not quantity. Let me say it again. When focusing, watch this, when identifying, I'm not, notice, I'm not saying when choosing co-laborers because God assigns people to your life. Even as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where uh, Paul and the whole, you know, rendering between Paul and Apollos and he says that each of us do what we're supposed to do and impact lives based on how we are assigned. God assigns people to your life and your and my responsibility by his grace and through the Holy Spirit is to identify. Somebody say identify. We're supposed to identify who it is that he has chosen and who he has called us to co-labor with. Now, I want to tell you this scripture. Can I show you it in scripture? Uh, I'm going to read it in the, the, the Bible makes it clear in the NASB of Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24, write this down, check it out later. It says, a man of too many friends comes to ruin. This is the Bible says it. A man of too many friends comes to ruin. We live in a generation that talks about quantity. How many followers you got, Doc? How many people? Okay, I want to increase this. I want to increase that. I want to. At the end of the day, the focus is on quantity today. How many friends? Popularity. Come on, somebody. God is not called for us. The main focus is not supposed to be popularity. It's supposed to be potency. God has not called you to have so many friends that you come to ruin. He wants you to have the right friends, the right co-laborers in your circle to where when you when we roll up, we roll up. And when people roll up against us, come on somebody, they ain't breaking this threefold cord. Can I talk about it? Because the fact is, we have great reward for our labor. We're about it, about it because of the fact that we got the right people in our circle. When identifying co-laborers, you got to focus on quality and not quantity. A man of too many friends comes to ruin. But then he goes on the B part and says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And many of us, what we do is, watch this, what we do is we automatically say, that's Jesus. Solomon was not talking about Jesus when he said that. Yes, Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's wonderful. Jesus was not on the scene yet. Here he is talking about a type of friend. So he's saying, if you got too many friends, you're going to come to ruin. But there's a type of friend that sticks closer than a brother. And even if all of, even if the friends in that category are different, come on somebody, even if they are different, they all have different functions, their loyalty is the same. I got friends in my life that I do not talk to every single day. But Trust and believe when I need them, they show up. When we talk, there are friends that I haven't talked. I know I got a witness somewhere over here. I just heard that over here someplace. <laughs> but at the end of the day, there, are there was a friend recently. I haven't talked to them in years. And I picked up the phone and it was like we were talking yesterday. So it's not about people you talk to every day. doesn't mean the dynamic of friendship is going to be the same. But there are quality friends. That you can lean into and you know have your back and you know that when you co-labor to is it okay if i just keep it real today i want to help you with this and you know at the end of the day this is important because you need to assess the people that are in your circle you need to assess the type of people that you are building with because there the there may be some cracks in your foundation because of who you have you're letting hold a hammer 
The reason why that thing won't stay up is because the person holding the nail might not have your best interest in mind. And that's why every time you, every time when you're, when, when you go to swing and the nail falls out of place and you, and, and you're wondering why is this thing falling apart? Oh my, who do you got holding a hammer? Who is it that's holding a saw? Who is it that you're listening to? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter one, uh, uh, in uh, Psalm chapter one, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of of the scornful but delights himself in the law the word of the lord and on god's word does he meditate day and night you gotta have people listen stop surrounding and building with people who are encouraging you to do things that are aside from meditating on the words day of god day and night I know this sounds like one plus one equals two, but a lot of us, the reason why we are not experiencing what God has called us to is because we are focused on quantity and not quality as it pertains to friendship. Can I give you number two? I'm almost done. Here it is. Build with people who will cut you in the front instead of stabbing you in the back. Let me say it again. I'm going to show you in the text too. Build with people who will cut you in the front Instead of stabbing you in the back. What do you mean by this? Proverbs chapter 24, 27 verse 6. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 6. Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse or many are the kisses of an enemy. Let me say it again. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So what is he saying here? He's saying that oftentimes friends are the ones that will cut you in the front. In other words, they will do surgery. Come on, somebody on you. They will help you. They sometimes will have to challenge you, but you're going to be better as a result of what it is that happens in their life. But the difference is that oftentimes he says pure profuse are the kisses of an enemy. There are many people that will say good stuff to you and they chair lead you. But the whole time that they're hugging you, there's a knife in their hand coming around to stab you in your back i want people in my life and you got to build with people who are willing to check you in your face i would rather people check me in my face than stab me in my back while they're smiling in my face come on somebody at the end of the day it's imperative that you have people who will cut you in the front instead of stabbing you in the back and can i tell you this i want to help you because some of y'all you're like you know what man you know, when people come and they challenge us and there are people that are in our, in our lives that come and challenge us, what we do is this. Watch this. We're like, when they challenge us, we say, don't speak that. Only speak life. And so we're like, don't speak that death over my life. How many of you know that sometimes when it comes to truth, sometimes speaking life sounds like speaking death because it's death to your pride. Um, God bless you. I'm going home now. No. Sometimes speaking life is not necessarily positivity because what God has put people, God has oftentimes put people in your life to cut you in the front and tell you the stuff that you do not want to hear. And watch this, it's not death because they want you to be defeated, but it's death to the things that are hindering you from walking in the place that you need. I'm so grateful that I got people in my life who are willing to challenge me and tell me the difficult things because at the end of the day the only reason
reason why I, why I am where I am today and I'm on the trajectory that I'm on is because of the fact that there's people who have spoken life through commanding and declaring death to things that were between my soul and the Savior. Man, I'm telling you, my wife, fam, for those who are married, I'm telling you, you know, if you got my wife has been, sometimes there are things where she will tell me and I'm like, babe, this man, I want to do this so bad. And she'll be like, X, Y, and Z and such, such, such and the other. And I'm like, don't speak that. And time and time again, I've realized God has put her in my life as a gift of wisdom. And the manifestation of wisdom comes through her. And many times I look back in retrospect and I'm like, you were right, babe. And she loves those moments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she don't even have to tell me told you so anymore. But at the end of the day, I'm grateful for people, even my spouse, who will cut, we're committed to cutting one another in front. And there are many of you who do more damage than you do, than you benefit people. Come on, somebody. I'm believing. I'm, I'm saying I want to challenge you to start getting to the place where you realize that you confronting people and challenging them will do far better than you gossiping about them. Okay, I'm moving on. So build with people who will cut you in the front instead of stab you in the back. Number three, I got two and we're done. Uh, build with people who reciprocate and don't just manducate. What does that mean? Build with people who reciprocate and don't just manducate. Manducate means to nyam. They're to the place where all they do is eat from you. Come on, somebody. All they do is take. The relationships, you got to surround yourself with people who are not just going to deplete you. You know people in your life that they're always dumping, 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 but then as soon as you try to talk, then they're like, oh, uh, I got to... Anybody know what I'm talking about? They always got something to do when it's time for you to talk. You got to get to the place where, where you know, you're the one that's always paying for the bill. You're the one that's always, when they're like, when you try to set something up, you're like, they're, they, they're like, oh, I can't do it at this time. And you are always bending over backwards to go and meet with them at the time they want to meet, in the place they want to meet. Maybe I'm the only people that, person that knows people like that. And you got to get to the place where it's not just, you're not just building with people who mandicate, mandicate, but you're to the place where people reciprocate, where you, are, where it's a reciprocal relationship, where it's give and take we ought to both be growing from this connection it should not be one-sided if one person is growing in the connection and the other is not then there's something that's lopsided as it pertains to this construction fam so you got to build with people who reciprocate and don't just manjugate this is this is why the bible always talks about one another's like for example galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says bear one another's burdens this is to say, I'm supposed to bear your burdens or you're just supposed to bear my burdens. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. Not only this, uh, uh, it, it makes it clear. Watch this in James chapter 5 verse 16. I love this. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. You know, people who, uh, you know, they're a good ground. So tell me what you did, fam. But at the end of the day, they will never open up. They will never be real about what they're dealing with, what they're going through. And he's saying, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
So here it is. Not only is there power and is, there, is it imperative that we do life with the right people, but when you're connected in godly relationships, healing can even transpire. There is transparency. There is something that's supposed to happen in a symbiotic fashion. It's supposed to be reciprocal, not just one-sided. And when you're in healthy community, healing can take place. Now I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who are in church. You don't need hands laid on by the pastor. You don't need me to oil you up with, with, with olive oil like you're getting ready to be fried. Come on, somebody, deep fried or something. At the end of the day, you just need the right connections and the right people to be connected with. Come on, because in those proper connections, healing can take place. And then, you know, this is, this is, this is powerful. And so I want to end with this. Don't let hurt hinder you from heeding God's leading to your healing. Here's the last one. Don't let hurt hinder you from heeding God's leading to your healing. What do I mean by this? There are many of you, the reason why you are not connecting with people is because you have been hurt. Come on, somebody. And I'll tell you what, as someone in leadership, someone in ministry who has experienced all sorts of hurt over these past 16 years, I am so grateful for the grace of God because at the end of the day, if I listened to the feelings that I had when I've been hurt or when I've been harmed or when things have happened, I would have been out of ministry a long time ago but I've realized that I could not allow the hurts of the past to hinder me from what God wants to do and Satan oftentimes will hurt you and cut you so deep and the desire for him to cut you is so that he can hurt you to the point where you say F it can I just keep it real and you don't connect maybe that next connection is what you need for your deliverance but because of the hurt that you're feeling, you can't get the healing that you need next because of what the person did to you previously. Oh, can I just talk to somebody today? There's someone in here today, how you have, you have turned down. You've been praying for companionship and God has been sending you companion after companion and you have been treating them based upon the fact of what somebody else did to you. Come on, what that last relationship, in fact, you're still treating this fifth person like five relationships ago. Because of what somebody did to you. And I'm believing that God wants to minister healing to you today. I'm believing that God wants to minister breakthrough to somebody today. Don't stop heeding God's leading to your healing. You might be here. You might be watching online. And you're like, man, should I connect? Should I connect? Should I join a life group at servecity.ca forward slash life group? Should I be to the place where I connect? Because the last church I was a part of hurt me. God's church is still the church. It is still the most powerful vehicle for evangelism on the earth. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And how many of you know that one congregation does not represent the entire body of Christ? And I'm so grateful that I get to be a part and I have not allowed church hurt over the years to stop me from connecting with other believers. Come on somebody, because I have received great healing and strength through walking with others because I have not allowed the hurt of the past to hinder me from heeding God's leading to connect with others. And so in this moment, I want to talk to somebody because I'm believing that God 
wants to repair some relationships. I'm believing that God is calling some of us to get into relationships for the first time. You are not called to do life alone, but you most definitely are not called to be in relationship or co-labor with everyone. I don't want everybody working on my house. And at the end of the day, it's imperative for us to be wise as we are including people in co-laboring as we build our lives. It's important for us to use wisdom. And all of us in this place, we need one another. We cannot do it by ourselves. And you are going to be limited until you push past. And for those who are like, man, I, I just, I'm scared. I'm sc I am an introvert. Most people would be like, oh my gosh. People don't believe it. I'm an introvert. I'd rather be at home watching TV in the corner, in the couch by myself. Who I am here is God putting super with my natural. This is me going beyond myself, beyond my flesh, beyond how I feel because I know that what God has called me to, that it is worth it because you need this word that I'm declaring. I'm not going to live my life in my feelings or in my flesh. And I ask God, I'm like, God, help me to be who you have called me to be. And some of you, you've been hiding behind your shyness and you need to get to the place where you ask God. While you're praying for him to provide for you, while you're praying for him to keep you safe as you go out, you pray, you pray, God, give me the boldness to step out of my shell and connect and have the connections that are necessary. I come against that. I don't need nobody's spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. It's time for breakthrough. It's time. It's time for you to experience this healing that can happen. Through the right connections. I know we weren't turning somersaults and backflips today. But I wanted to champion the importance of not doing life alone. And encourage you to understand why it is that you ought to connect. And so this week as life groups start. I want to encourage you. And I know we've been joking about it and all of that. But it's imperative for those who are like man. Now nah, I'm just getting to church. I'm going to hit it, quit it, get out, go back and do it in my week. No. For those who are just like, okay, man, you know what? I'm going to just join. The, I'll just come to this church thing, you know, once every, I'll tune in once every. No. It's time for you to surround yourself with godly people. Connect with godly people. Start building with the right people. It's time for us to walk in a place where we are accountable. And where we are in a place of strength, consequently. And so with this in mind, with this in mind, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the gospel. And even in the gospel, even in God, we see that God, God, we are monotheistic. We believe in one God, but God is expressed as a trinity. There's even community within the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One God, yet three distinct persons carrying out different functions the father didn't die for my sins jesus died for my sins jesus left and said i'm sending another comforter to come and to be with you even though he has left god the father sent his only son to die for our sins in the beginning god says let us make man in our image 
after our likeness. There's community within the oneness of our God. And we are created in God's image and likeness. This is why community is imperative and why it's important for us to be intentional about being connected. If this message blessed you, I, I, I encourage you to put those hands together and give the Lord some praise at this moment. And so online and even here in the house, you just heard me mention about how God the Father sent his son to die for our sins. Why would he do that? The Bible makes it clear that we're born in sin and we're shaped in iniquity. Why is that the case? Well, our first parents, Adam and Eve, they messed up. They decided that they were going to disobey God and consequently they passed sin onto all of us. It's hereditary. No matter how good you think you are, you and I all are sinners. And the Bible makes it clear in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. Everybody say death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So although we're in a sin condition and we're damned and doomed for hell. Good news is, this is the gospel. Gospel means good news. That God came to earth, put on flesh, lived perfect because he knew that you and I couldn't. He died on the cross taking our penalty, our punishment. What an That's the reckless love we were singing about. And not only this, but he didn't stay dead, but because he was God, on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And the beauty is that now he extends to you, Surf City Online, and here in the house. He extends to us life eternal and relationship with God. And you're saying, how do I get that? What does that mean? How, is it, do I just got to be a really good person? That's what it's like today. It's moralism. We're just like, we got to be good. And we're just going to be really good people. No, it's not about being good people. But it's about trusting in what he did. Receiving this great gift that he extended through the cross. You and I, if we would give him our lives, we can have in exchange his life, his perfection. And we can have relationship and reconnection with God. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, if we ask him to be the Lord of our life, and if we believe in our heart that God has raised him from death, that we will be saved. And that's assurance that we can have. Somebody say, blessed assurance. That's assurance that we can have today. That no matter what happens, if you were to die, God forbid, or if Jesus was to come back because he's coming back again for those who are his followers. Look at what's happening around us. These are all signs of the times. Signs of the fact that the world is coming to a close. But if we put trust in Christ now, we can have our eternity secure. And so there's someone here, you're like, man, you talking about building with people i don't even know jesus i'm not connected with him today is your day i want to extend to you the invitation to give your life to christ today respond to this incredible love by trusting jesus and giving him your life today so i'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment i'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment uh, i want you to bow your heads everybody in this place bow your heads close your eyes in this moment Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment. And I want you to do some introspection. If you were to die today, would, would you go to be with Jesus? If Jesus was retur to return today, would he find you in relationship with him? 
Even if you are someone who has run away from Christ, I want to invite you to come back home today. You might have run away from him, but he has never run away from you. And so I'm getting ready to lead this prayer of commitment. And then, and so I want to invite you in this moment to do so. And if that person is you, if you're like, today is my day, online you might be watching and that person might be you. And you're like, today is my day. I want to trust Christ today. I want to give my life to him. I want him to be the Lord or the boss of my life. Or you might be watching or you might be here and you're like, today is the day I come back home to him. Every head bow, every eye closed. Between me, you, and Jesus. On the count of three, if that person is you, even watching online, if that person is you, I want, to, I want you to pop that hand as high as you can on the count of three. If you're like, include me in that prayer. This is my decision today. Here we go. One, two, three. If that person is you, pop that hand up. Praise God. I see those hands in the house. Glory to God. If there's anybody else online, we see you in the spirit popping those hands up. Glory to God. Now you can put those hands down. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray it. And I want you to mean it with all your heart. It's not this prayer that saves. It's Jesus who saves. But this prayer is a line in the sand saying, you know what? I'm committing or recommitting my life to Christ. And church body, those of us who are here, I want you to pray with those who are getting ready to pray in support of them, but also as an affirmation of the faith that you have placed in Christ as well. Online, I invite you to do this as well. And so we say out loud, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new and be with me now and forevermore. I thank you for doing it in Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Can we celebrate those who made decisions today? Come on. Come on. Come on. Online we celebrate with those of you who are here today. I want to celebrate those decisions with you.